or maybe you don't. Oh, it just it tell me that's happening. All right, great. So we're recording. Okay, uh, thank you very much, Matthew, for joining me today. Um, I was hoping that you could start off by introducing yourself and uh, telling me and the students that will eventually watch this um, where you're at school. Sure. Um, so I'm a student at the University of Southern California. I study at the Roski School of Art and Design, which is the art and design school and the architecture school within USC as a whole community. Um, I was a spring admit, so I just got there in January, uh, which is a program that's specific to USC. Um, so my first semester, I got to study and take some GEs at home, and then I'm now studying design. I'm getting a BFA in design at Roski. Um, so that pretty much means that I take painting, drawing, typography, design theory courses, pretty much anything and everything involving design. Um, after this first semester, which is foundation classes, I can pretty much choose kind of like my own path. So I could choose to take like graphic design courses, stuff like that if I wanted to. Otherwise, I can just continue painting and doing sculpture and stuff like that. Okay, so can you um, sort of dive into that a little bit further? Because I think at the high school level, um, you know, we don't always understand like mm -hmm. what a foundation level course is. So maybe if you could break down what the formal education of a, of a design um, you know, formal education at the uh, yeah. college level would look like. So like, what what is it exactly that these foundation courses are? Yeah, so specifically for USC, I think other programs will do it differently. Um, it, for USC, it's been the same three classes for the past however many years. Um, so there's three you take. One of them is the Intro to Drawing course that even non-Roski majors will take, but it's required for everyone coming into the school as a Roski major, which is the design school. I'm just going to refer to it. makes it easier. Um, there's also a studio class, which is technically a sculpture class. Um, so the way that that works is you get an assignment, like a prompt. Um, so like the assignment that we got recently was, the whole project was called Site LA. So she said, go using public transportation, take it downtown, go to some part of the city that you haven't been to before, take pictures, talk to people, figure out kind of like what the feeling is in that overall part of the city, and then make an art piece reflecting that in the medium that we chose to use, was spray paint because we had an artist come in. He did a demo for us. He showed us kind of like how to use it, how to make stencils, stuff like that. Um, so a lot of that sculpture classes like that, where you get an assignment, <clears throat> kind of conceptualize your ideas, talk with your professor about it. Um, they'll bounce ideas back off of you. You talk about it with other students, which I found is very helpful. Um, you make the piece, you probably end up making like three or four pieces before you actually present it for critique. Um, because you just like want to do your best you can. Plus, it's really good. The relationship at Roski, what I really love about it is there's only 100 kids each class. So like as like a freshman class, there's only 100 of us. So my sculpture class is like 18 kids and there's two professors. So if I can't get attention from one of them, I can go to the other one and I'll get a whole like different kind of way of thinking about it. They're both practicing artists, which I really like about USC is that almost all their faculty are practicing artists that happen to also teach. Um, so that's really helped me because when when you are getting feedback from a, from a teacher or a professor that maybe necessarily doesn't practice art, it's kind of hard to like be like, oh yeah, well I trust them. But since they have like their own exhibitions, um, it's really helpful. Like my one of my professors for the sculpture class, she wasn't able to be there the first three weeks because she was doing an exhibit in Egypt. She was doing like African centric and like Middle Eastern art that was presented in Egypt with a bunch of other artists. It was incredible. Um, her coming back and telling us stories about that, you don't really get that at many other places. Um, I really like, that's my favorite class because it's kind of like concept and you work it out and then you get critique and then it's 
that we have the best critiques in that class because everybody is on the same page and we all have gelled really well together. My drawing class, just an intro class. So we started out doing like figure drawing, stuff like that. Kind of like trying to get like break your hand in so that you're like more free flowing. Um, I'd never taken a drawing class before this. So the first day of class, I remember I walked in and she was like, oh, what's your major? After we had done like a warm up sketch and mine was not good. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm a design major. And she was like, really? And I was like, yep, my entire portfolio was digital. And she was like, oh. So there's a learning curve to that aspect. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that because um, you know, me knowing you through um, your your career at Glenbrook South, you were uh, all digital, you know, sort of yep. like a Photoshop guru, and you know, did internships with the baseball team and the the football team, and had this really impressive portfolio of digital work. What has it been like for you to go to the analog realm to, to be working with your hands that you know not connected to a mouse? Yeah, um, definitely been an adjustment. I. I kind of keep my sanity in that sense because I also work for the football team doing recruiting. So I get to express like that creative muscle has to get work for me. Otherwise I'll like go crazy. Um, so just to interrupt, you work with the USC football team? Yeah, with USC football uh, in creative media. It's my first met. So it was really nice to get on campus and then have an opportunity lined up like that. Um, and that I got that just by like reaching out. They had I had already known my contacts from Twitter because I that's kind of like what I worked on through high school was networking in that way. Um, and then I saw a posting that they were looking for designers, sent my portfolio, got on a call with him. Uh, and he was like, okay, when you get on campus, you'll have it lined up. So I know like everyone always concerned about like internships and jobs and stuff like that. Um, I just kind of reached out, saw what would happen and it kind of went from there. So I feel like if anybody's interested in sports, they're always looking to hire, um, I'm sure. Like Roski as the design school also has like work study jobs. Um, Annenberg, which is the journalism school, they hire designers all the time because they need them for their projects or for the newspaper for pretty much anything. Um, but yeah, so I work with the USC football team doing recruiting, which means that I can't share any of my work, unfortunately, because the NCAA is the kind of sticklers. I've noticed um, your, uh, your, your output has decreased on some of your social media channels, but that would explain why. So if we wanted yeah. to see some of your work, uh, what would we follow? Would we follow the USC football team on like Instagram, for example? Um, probably on Twitter, actually. Um, the way that it works is like we, so I make a graphic for the kid, um, whether it be like super personalized or a template. Um, and then what'll happen is I'll customize it. Like I'll change the jersey number and then I'll add his name at the bottom. And then we'll send it to him through like Twitter. And sometimes, hopefully, he will post it to all of his followers and be like, wow, like USC is showing love. This looks amazing. And then our hope is that all of our fans will go and like the tweet and then like retweet it and be like, yeah, come to USC, like best culture, stuff like that. So when that happens, we retweet the tweet so you can see it like that. Um, the other way that to, I can do it. I could break this down just for the high school students yeah. um, and, and people that are listening. Um, so they're USC's uh, D1 nationally renowned football program is using creative digital media in order to enhance their recruitment efforts. Yes. And you're playing uh, a role I, in that. As and maybe as college. so bold as to say that um, it's the forefront of recruiting right now. Um, obviously, like talking to the athletes and stuff like that, it, like, I, I mean, it's hard to understand, like if you don't track sports, but when you do, it makes sense. Like the coaches talk to the players, so you build that relationship. That's really important. But also the kids are getting talked to by every coach at every school. Not every school can offer like, 
here's an edit of you where you're like in Southern California on like at the Hollywood sign. We're a school that can offer that. UCLA can do that, but they don't have the best football team. We have the better football team. So, but yeah, to your point, there I'm. I've been very impressed and very happy that I've been received so openly at USC. Um, I kind of showed up, made some work, and my boss was like, "This is awesome. We're gonna keep using him." Uh, we cool. hired, we hired one coach. His name is Dante. Um, we stole him from Oregon, which is a, which is what USC has been doing because we're trying to poach all their players and stuff like that. We're trying to get better. Um, <laughs> And he got hired and I made the graphic that he used when he announced it. Um, so it was this giant mural where it had all these LA icons because he's from LA and it was like, we had him on it. We Photoshopped the USC like shirt onto him and hat and he was pointing and it was like committed, take back the West. And that's his whole, his whole phrase. And so when he saw that, um, he was very happy. Um, was on a phone call, said some things. Um, I'm not going to repeat now, um, but but then he came in and he was in the office the next week and he he pulled me into his office and was like, yeah, were you the kid who made those graphics for me? And I was like, yep. And he goes, okay, that's awesome. He goes, you're going to be my design guy when I need it. So he right, had cool. like, he got, got brought in. He started recruiting like 10 kids that USC wasn't even trying to get because we just didn't have the manpower. He immediately comes in, adds them to our board. And then it's like, okay, Matthew, you're making the graphic for me. So I make this giant graphic with a West, like we did. It was a whole thing. It was very fun though. Um, that relationship I have now with him. So I know like if he ever needs anything, I've built that relationship. So I think um, I have a bunch of questions written down, but I'm, I'm going to sort of follow this thread right now. Um, so one quick question is uh, I, I oftentimes have students that are interested in a career in like sports graphics. And a lot of times parents are like, is that a thing? So is that a thing? Uh, definitely. I wouldn't there's, there's a lot of different terms that get used in the industry um, that I'm trying to go into, um, which is sports graphics. Generally, it's referred to like the trend that I've been seeing recently is creative media, um, multimedia communications, stuff like that. Um, director of graphic design are those terms. So definitely a very well-respected um, profession. Uh, it, it ties really nicely. Like if, it basically just like a graphic designer is the term that I would use. And you're using your graphic design skills within the sports realm. Um, but there are the industry sports is, teams that are hiring and looking for uh, people. Constantly. Um, if, if anyone wants to see an account to see like the amount of opportunities that are out there, there's a Twitter account called Skull Sparks. Skull um, Sparks? Yeah, Skull Sparks. The, the game of the guy who, who runs it, his name is Jason Matheson. Um, and his whole job, literally schools pay him to promote their offerings. And every single tweet that he gives is like, uh, like Northwestern University is hiring a design specialist, like University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. Uh, I mean, pretty much any school, um, a lot of the D1 schools will post in there. Like USC, my newest boss that got hired, he got the job because he found it through School Sparks. Very cool. Um, so if you want to see the opportunities, it's a great spot. Cool. Can you talk about the importance? I think you've you've touched on it or alluded to it, but um, can you dive into the importance of uh, importance of networking in this field? Yeah, and then also uh, what you've done to network as a, yeah. a high school student now, a freshman in college. Yeah, um, I'd say that networking is probably one of, if not the most important factor in this pretty new industry um, in terms of like sports have been around for hundreds of years, whereas the creative media is kind of like. I don't know, within the last 60 to 70. Um, so networking is probably the most important thing. The way that I did it um, and the way that I would recommend doing it is getting like a Twitter account. Uh, I think Twitter's a little bit more professional. Instagram seems to be popular 
among my age group because um, it's really easy to share. You get quick interactions, stuff like that. Twitter, I think you can also get those interactions. Um, the way that I did it was I would just, I'd see a designer that I liked, that I admired. I liked his, his or her work. I'd follow them. Hopefully they'd follow me back. If they didn't, it's fine. And then just over the course of time, they post something that I like. I'm like, oh, great work. I love the way you used the secondary logo in this and you like faded it out. I'm gonna try to do that in my next piece. And what I found is that pretty much everyone in the industry wants to make those connections as well. So it's pretty open. Um, and the reason that networking is so important for this industry specifically is that because a lot of your work is how you're applying, like you're applying with your portfolio. You can have like all the degrees and like have the amazing GPA, but at the end of the day, like they want to know, like, can you communicate well? Can you, do you have the portfolio skills? Um, and can you get things done in a timely manner? Um, and sometimes you'll be compared with two artists that will have the similar portfolio to you. But if you happen to know the person who already works at that team or for that league or whatever, um, they can vouch for you, which is a really good thing. Um, my strongest connection right now is the designer in Indiana. Um, his name is Brandon. I have been talking to him through like the Twitter direct messages for the past four years. And he's told me like, hey, if you're ever applying for a summer internship, um, I can't guarantee it, but I'd definitely be a big voice in the room that would advocate for you. So I just want to emphasize the importance of uh, reaching out to people that you admire, but then not just spamming them, but actually yeah. genuinely interacting with them and, you know, sort of a mix of, you know, compliments and then um, you know, expressing gratitude for the, the techniques that they're using and maybe sharing with them how you have taken some of their work as inspiration and then mm -hmm. showing it in your work. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, definitely like that mix. Um, Obviously, like if you admire someone, tell them that um, it's really important to do that because it like it'll help you get in the industry as well. Plus, everyone loves being complimented. It's like it's just kind of like natural. But it also um, has but, to come from a place of sincerity. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would only say it if you if you truly admire it, if you're just doing it because you think they have like clout within the industry or like they could get you a job, I wouldn't do it. Um, that is a strategy that people have tried. It doesn't end up working out because sincerity is a really important part of it because you end up meeting these people you end up working with these people um they become your friends but yeah I, like that mix of like healthy conversation so like what i would talk about with brandon is like i'd see his work and be like wow like this is great like i love the way you did the illustration style and then he'd be he'd respond and be like yeah i really like it too here's something else that we're trying in indiana you should see if you can do this with your high school team or now he'd say like with usc stuff like that so like they'll give you the inside peek into athletics which kind of gives you the overall idea. So a lot of the ideas that I got for the high school team when I was working with the football team is because I would see it at another school and another program through talking with them. And I'd be like, oh, well, I can take elements of this and peel it all around. Um, my junior year, when I did the football program, I would always tuck week five or whatever and the logo into the corner of our, my posters that I would make. Um, and I learned that from the Ohio State designer. He was telling me about it. And so I just kind of like took that one aspect and applied it. Um, and it ended up looking really nice and he complimented too. He said, yeah, you executed it pretty well. So right, there's cool. kind of like that given that back and forth. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit, I think this relates to networking about why you chose USC and maybe some of the other schools that you were looking at because you were very intentional about the the type of school that yeah. you looked at. And how did, what was your you know thought process there? Yeah. Um, so Mr. Fadden is correct. I applied to eight uh, schools all of them had division one athletics because I knew I wanted to work for a sports team, whether it be basketball or football um, or just athletics in general. 
Um, the reason that I chose USC, I had just come from a meeting at Ohio State, um, was looking at their design school. Um, I was a huge Ohio State fan for like the past like eight years before I got to college. Um, and I met with them and they kind of talked about the program and I didn't really love the way they were describing it. They they made it seem really competitive and like they kind of bragged about um, kind of like siphoning kids out of the program, which for some like that competitive environment can be really healthy and can be really good. To me, it just wasn't the thing I was looking for. So then I got to USC and I met with the Dean of the design school and she was like, yeah, like we have an amazing alumni program. She gave me a, a piece of paper and it was filled with all these companies. Um, none of them were athletic companies, but I brought that up to her and she was like, well, we still have those connections. She's like, you just might be the one kid who makes us put that on the list. Um, and then she described that they accepted, I, it was, I had already gotten into USC when I came and visited. And she said, we accepted you into design school for a reason. Why would we ever want to cut you out? The whole point of it is for you to succeed and thrive at this environment. So that's what sealed the deal for me at USC, um, seeing the alumni network, having that connection at football, those kind of three factors. Uh, plus I love the campus. Um, it also seems that you understand the, like from all your experience, the importance of networking and going to you know a school that has an equally good, um, let's say design program from like mm -hmm. a technical standpoint, wouldn't necessarily give you those connections that you are already fostering. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And what I've kind of respected the most about USC is, especially within the faculty, um, like my whole realm before college was all concentrated into the sports industry and into like graphic design art. Um, I would explore it a little bit, like try to figure out like some contemporary artists that I would like. Um, but nothing compared to what happened when I got here. Now I'm like following artists that do sculpture strictly or this one guy only does like, he does like a cartoon style on walls, but he's a professor at USC and his, I picked his brain like once or twice and it's like incredible to learn. And what ends up happening is like, yeah, I'm not necessarily working in sports while I'm having those meetings and I'm talking about like sculpture, which has nothing to do with like digital work necessarily. Um, but those concepts end up sticking with you and I come back and I'm like, okay, how can we take this three-dimensional form and put it onto a 2D surface? And it kind of in, like, it changes the way you think about how you're doing your graphics, which I found to be very beneficial. I think that's really important because I think there's maybe sometimes a mis, um, misunderstanding about like, you're not gonna go to university to like learn how to do the, the sports graphics that you already do. Like, I mean, yep. you already, you went into the program with um, you know a, a, a professional level skill set, but now you are learning about all sorts of different influences from other you know media like sculpture mm -hmm. and you know, cartoon work. And um, are, are you finding that that is finding its way into your work in unexpected ways? Yeah, I definitely think that it's impacted like form and like structure within my work. Um, which I know sounds like really conceptual ideas. Um, but to me, it's really clear, like my style before getting at USC. And th part of this is like having the faculty aspect at Roski and also working with my boss at USC football. Um, so it's like a, a really healthy combination of the two. But my style before college was just a bunch of splatter and like craziness. And now it's like we still have those crazy aspects in like recruiting graphics. But through Roski being like, okay, like control the form, don't let it go crazy. Like you still need to communicate a message. And through my boss, Ryan, like understanding what kids want and like how to communicate that as well. You get like a really healthy mix where it's like, you get the crazy splatter, but you also get it controlled where it's like the message is communicated that like USC has this like really vibrant culture 
communicated through like a bunch of like flashes on like a page. I find that um, the more that you study and become serious about design or really any field, um, sometimes things that you were doing intuitively, you now realize that there's actually a name for that thing that you've been doing. And it helps you to you know, justify the decisions that you've been making um, mm -hmm. and perhaps even work more efficiently. Because I imagine that time is a big constraint in what you do as well. If you've got a roster of you know, 100 kids that they're trying to recruit, um, instead of you know guessing and checking and using trial and error, you can now move forward with a, a more focused, um, you know, uh, design that's rooted in some sort of you know foundation. You know, mm -hmm. hundreds of years, thousands of years of of you know that art form now in the one little Instagram or, or Twitter post. Yep. Yep. No, it's been incredible. Like you say that it's interesting. Like when you get those lists of a hundred kids. Um, rule of thirds is definitely like a part of design. So like you get like those nine segments and divided into thirds. Um, and so we, we talked about in our meetings, like one of the biggest things for these recruiting graphics is changing the number on the Jersey. So in like the center third or the right third, that's the Jersey number. And that should be the only clear point because that's where you, that's where you want the kid's eyes to go. Uh, everything else can go crazy, but as long as they can see the number, we know that like we're communicating the message. So a lot of the time, like we'll have it so that we make it as easy as possible for ourselves, where it's kind of like a straight on shot where it's just like the jersey and it'll be flat. So when we need to quickly stop out the number in a, on a file, we can do that really easily. And we'll like obscure the shoulder so you can't see that stuff like that, um, which is a mix of like where your eyes go in the rule of thirds is something that I'm gaining from Roski, but like learning how to cut a little shortcut within like USC work and just changing one number is definitely something that I'm learning at work. Is um, just from a, like a tactical standpoint, um, can you walk us through what a recruitment project looks like? Are you taking a picture of that athlete from their local newspaper and then USC azizing it? <laughs> um, sometimes, yes. Um, luck, we've been like the way that USC does it. Um, a lot of the time, the recruits that we're recruiting, um, we have we've been fortunate enough to have on campus, so we. Sometimes we do the photo shoot with them. Um, it's confusing because the NCAA has a lot of rules that overlap and like misconstrue each other. Um, but sometimes, like sometimes we're allowed to use the photos that we take of them in, in graphics. Other times we aren't. So when that happens, what we'll do is we take um, sometimes from like the newspaper, we just take like the head up, and then we always we just swap their head onto someone else's body. Okay. Um, and so what I, I've learned is actually like taking a photo of like an average sized dude that's on our team and like stretching him so he looks like a lineman, which is like if like to give a better visual, it's like taking somebody who's like 180 pounds and making him look like 330. Which you're like that doesn't seem possible, but for some reason it it's crazy how like just a little bit of pulling and you like you get him there. So yeah, it's like it, basically we just take the head and put them on. <laughs> Very cool. Um, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about um, if a high school student was interested in studying uh, design, what should they be doing right now in order to increase their chances of getting into the school that they want to get into to, to stand out? It sounds like USC was excited to have you. What should students do that maybe you did or, or maybe that you wish you had done to maybe even further increase your chances? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I wish I did for getting to USC was kind of like diversify my portfolio. Um, so everything I did was digital. It wasn't all sports art. I included some digital paintings that I had done. 
um, just because I thought they were a little bit more evocative than my, you know, like big athlete looks strong. Like th that art's cool, but I don't, I don't think it always communicates an emotional message. Um, so I would have wish I had done more like physical art, um, stuff like that. As for like a, someone who wants to go to a design school, whether it be USC or anywhere else, I would say like, just keep experimenting with things that you like. So if you found that you've enjoyed Mr. McFadden's graphic design class or web design, something like that, um, explore graphic design more. If you end up like that, not end up being your most amazing thing, like just keep trying, like try to combine digital and print stuff like that. Um, collaging it, stuff like that. I think just like creating is the biggest thing that I think USC is looking for. Uh, one thing that I've noticed at USC especially is that they really like the kids who create for like art's sake and aren't doing it just for the assignment. Okay. So what role does then sharing your work with the world play? Like is maybe in terms of like a Behance portfolio or Instagram or yeah. your own web-based portfolio, whether it's a Squarespace site or, or, or whatever. How important is that for young people trying to get into a design program? I think it's super important. Um, I, I think, I, I mean, for, for me, it was the most important thing um, because it knew. So what happened was like, I, I'd been sharing my work since uh, like eighth grade is when I started doing edits on my phone. Um, and so I started doing that and I would share them and they'd be really bad, but it, you get that feedback. You get those people who like it, you build up audience. Um, so then, you know, the other thing that it ad actually ended up helping with networking. So I would meet kids my age. So I know a bunch of other 19 year olds who also do design for other athletic departments, stuff like that. Um, but I think the biggest thing is that you get feedback on your work. Um, and even if you think sometimes the feedback isn't from like a, a valid source, like it might be another 16 year old kid that's just kind of like, oh, looks cool, fix this. You could be like, yeah, or you can be like, no, it doesn't. But as long as you're getting that interaction, it really helped me to know that like, okay, kids my age and other people think that my work is valid. So now I think my work is valid. And that kind of encouraged me to apply at USC because I wasn't, USC was the reach school for me um, academically. Um, so I was kind of surprised when I get in, but you know, I had faith that my portfolio was going to be the thing that would carry me into the school. And I, I think it ended up doing that. I think sharing your work is just super important because you get that feedback. Um, one of my other friends from high school, he applied to an art school, um, did not get in and was confused as to why he didn't. So he reached out to them and they said like, your work hasn't really progressed over the past however many years. Um, and part of that was because he didn't have a portfolio online. So when you're only inside your own head, you can think you're like the big fish in the giant pond, but really like, it's really helpful to have somebody to look at your work and get feedback on, even if it's like your mom or your dad or like your friend from down the road, like just having someone look at it, even if they don't think they're artistic. Yeah, I think another thing for young people, like when you're 13 and you're in eighth grade, you know, it, it can feel like your, your job, your, your career is a hundred years away. But, you know, in, in just five years from you being in eighth grade doing your first, you know, little digital design on your phone, <laughs> you're now working for one of the premier, um, you know, D1 college football programs in the entire world. Um, yeah. In another five years, you know, where will you be from here? And then also where will your entire cohort of friends be in five years? So I just can't emphasize enough the importance of like sharing your work. Um, I only have a few more minutes, but I want to touch a little bit about um, the role that podcasting has played in your career. Yeah. What has that done? What doors has that opened that probably otherwise wouldn't have been? Yeah. Um, and I'll just say before I answer it, new podcast is coming soon. 
now that we're in quarantine, I'm able to record, which is really nice. Um, but yeah, so my, I think it was my sophomore year, um, I started a podcast with two other designers called Control X. Um, it was just about design. I don't know why I chose Control X because it's the cut command. We didn't, we didn't do any cutting. <laughs> I was so, yeah, on a piece. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was, I had always wanted to get into it because I just kind of found it interesting having conversations with artists. It, it was kind of a networking tool for me. Um, I didn't go into it like that. It was kind of like an idea that we had had because we were all in a in an Instagram group chat together. Um, so again, networking like it's it, it ties back even in the most like informal interaction. It ties back to networking. But we talked about it and we were saying like, what if we interviewed other designers um, and just kind of like talked about their process stuff like that. Um, there's another podcast called Makers of Sport that does that, but they're a little more professional. They interview a little higher up. We wanted to make it like more local, more informal. Um, I was what, like 15 or 16 at the time. So it was kind of weird to have a 16 year old leading the discussion. But yeah, but so we did would... get some like bigger name uh, designers on your podcast. So I think yeah. one of the reasons I'm bringing this up is I think this is sort of like a, a shortcut hack that isn't insincere. It's a genuine sort of hack that um, I think anyone could apply mm -hmm. uh, to their career is to you know create a podcast and then invite people that you admire on to the show. Um, I know Tyson Beck has been on your, was on your show a number of times. Yep. The BBC just did a piece on him. Yep. Um, and, you know, it, it's, I don't know of many other ways that, um, you know, a 15 year old can, you know, make those connections, but that's certainly a clever thing that you did. And now you're continuing to do, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that was, what was great. And again, like that, I just kind of reached out to Tyson one day on Twitter and it was like, Hey, I have a podcast, it's called Control X. Here's a link to it. We've done a few episodes. Would you be interested in doing it? And I sent that message because I had seen him do it for a different podcast and he'd just been kind of like a nice face in the industry. He responded almost immediately and was like, yeah, definitely, let's work out a time. Um, that was interesting because he's on Australian time and it's a little bit, but yeah, I mean, we interviewed him. He's really down to earth. We just kind of talked, we, my favorite part about podcasting wasn't even the the actual episode itself it's that the two hours before and after where it's just you and the co-host and him just like talking and like making jokes banter um so you gain all that knowledge and like that is what ended up happening with tyson and i is that like we would just talk a bunch and so like now we're like friends um and he would tell me he's like yeah like i listen to your podcast episodes like on my way to work um so having that connection in the industry where he works with every major sports league has a piece on bbc now has been interviewed by complex stuff like that He's someone that I know, like if I needed somebody to like advocate for me as like a, somebody who's applying for another league, he'd be like, yeah, sure. Like you've been a great guy. Um, plus you gained that knowledge. Like he taught me a lot about Photoshop in regards to like masking out a player that I wouldn't have gained anywhere else. Very cool. Um, we're just about out of time. So I'm just wondering if we could wrap things up um, with any, you know, final words of wisdom for young people that are looking to either go study this in college or, you know, enter the, this career as, as a profession. Yeah. Um, I'd say that I, I think the interview's kind of gone. Like it's been pretty easy for me to talk about it. I was fortunate enough to figure out what I wanted to do for the rest of my life in eighth grade. Going into high school, I had a plan. I was ready to get it done. I accomplished things that I wanted to. So it may seem like I had it all figured out. I did not have it all figured out. Um, I had one end goal and I kind of was like running my way through the obstacles as I could do that. So I would just say like, even if you're not sure if design is for you, like 
it's never gonna hurt to try because you'll always like want to go back and try it um, if you don't. So you can always take it. Sorry, I'm just, there's another phone call going on in the house. Um, <laughs> but I would just say like, just take and run with it. See where it takes you. If if you end up getting to like senior year and you want to go with it, I just say go with it. Like you can always turn back and like go into business because art and business, they're always, they're tied pretty closely together. If you don't love, I mean, I just run with your passion is pretty much what I would say. Very that's cool. just kind of like, that's like a personal philosophy of mine. Great. All right. Well, thank you very much, Matthew. I hope to do this again uh, yep. at some point and continue to follow your career as it evolves. So uh, thanks again and see you later. Thank you. Yeah. Nice talking. Likewise.